everyone, welcome aboard. We are live and we are in person and we are ready to go. So I thank you for joining us here on New Hope Radio. We're going to do something a little different today. Um, we've got a two part message today. We're going to talk about Jesus and blindness. Part one is going to be right here on the radio, part two is going to be tonight. Our midweek service in church will be part two. And um, we'll also be streaming it on Facebook and YouTube at newhopecc.tv. So we got a one-two punch, a two-part message for you. Hope you can join me for both. By the way, before I get started, you know, I go on Facebook and and I post uh, the topic of the day. Today our topic is uh, Jesus and Blindness. And we're going to talk about Jesus and physical blindness tonight. We're going to talk about spiritual blindness. So I'm I'm getting ready to post, and I see a, a nice post by uh, Pastor Michael Woodward. He's a pastor of Ocean State Baptist Church, and he said, and I like it. And a lot of people seem to be getting on board. Read one chapter a day in the Gospel of Luke, and if you start December first. It'll bring you right to Christmas Eve. 24 chapters. It'll bring you right to Christmas Eve. So if you start today and you didn't know about it, okay, got to read two chapters. And it's, it's a good way. I think it's a good idea to kind of bring us through the Christmas season. It's funny. We're gonna, we almost begin with the Christmas story and then we end with the resurrection. But a chapter a day. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that. That's a great idea. And it'll bring us right to Christmas Eve. And at the end, you can say, hey... I read the Gospel of Luke. So that means you've got to read two chapters today if you haven't started already. Janine's on board. Welcome, Janine. She's on the Facebook feed, uh, New Hope Radio. Okay, we're talking today about blindness. And what is blindness? It's the condition of being unable to see. The condition of being unable to see. And you know, physical blindness, oh yeah, it makes life very difficult, very challenging. And you know, I really admire those that have overcome blindness and they remain a functioning member of society. I really admire them. We have a beautiful young woman in our church that's blind and she's like, she can do anything. You never know. She can do anything. And what a role model she is. Uh, Christine's on board. Doreen's on board. Thank you, everybody, for joining me today. So, the scriptures set forth blindness in three categories. Number one, physical blindness, which is what we're going to talk about on the radio today. Judicial blindness. And then spiritual blindness, which is our topic tonight. So, at 7 o'clock, right here at New Hope, we're going to talk about Jesus and spiritual blindness and what's the cure? Where does it come from? And how do you get out of it? And of course, we'll be streaming online, newhopecc.tv, 7 o'clock, on Facebook and YouTube. And of course, you can join the chat, as always. Okay? Now, judicial blindness, I'm not going to spend any time on that. But you know what it is, basically? It's the warnings of Jesus to the Jews. The warnings of judgment. 
And how many times did they not respond to the warnings? And they came under judgment. So they were judicially blind. Okay? So again, let's talk about physical blindness. For Jesus, to heal blindness was certainly a miracle. No one, no one could could heal blindness. It's something that only could be wrought by God. It proved that he was God. The miracles that Jesus did were to prove that he was God. You know, in John chapter 9, verse 1, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? See, in those days, people believed that if you were born with an affliction, it was because of sin, that somewhere down the line, sin was committed, and that's the judgment. So they're like, did this guy sin in the womb? That's dumb. Did his parents sin? Did what? Who, who sinned that this guy was born blind? And we know that's not true. That's not the way it works. Okay. So Jesus said, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. It was so that, here it comes, the works of God might be displayed in him. You know, people really misunderstand the miracles of Christ today. Jesus didn't do miracles because he wanted to make people happy. That was the result, and that's beautiful. But he did it to show that he was God. He worked miracles to demonstrate that he was from God and that he had the power to forgive sins and offer salvation. Isn't that the most important thing? To show people that he's the one. No one else but Jesus can forgive sins and offer salvation. So we're in John chapter 9, verse 4. And Jesus said, we must work the works of him who sent me. I like that part. He knows. See, Jesus knows who he is, and he knows where he came from. That's something we need to discover about ourselves. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you came from? How about this? Do you know where you're going? That's important. All right? So we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day, because night is coming when no one can work. Yeah, there's going to come an end to the human timeline. There's going to come an end, and then it's going to be too late. What I like about Jesus, he had an urgency about his life and about his mission. He really was. He, was, he had an urgency. He was like, yeah. He, you know what he did? He took his life seriously. He knew who he was. He knew why he came. He knew where he was going. And he was very serious about it. Jesus said, while I am in the world... I am the light of the world. You know what light does? Helps us to see. Shut off the lights and you can't see. Turn on the lights and you can see. Jesus is the light that lights every person. Verse 6, when he had said this, he spit on the ground. Hmm. And he made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes. Wow, that's a unique 
form of medication. Spit and endure it. Hmm. And Jesus said to him, Now go wash in the pool of Siloam. You know, you might think, well, that's kind of weird. Spit and endure it. But you ever notice, you ever cut your finger or burn your finger, what's the first thing you do? Put it in your mouth. And even in those days, people believed there was a healing property to saliva. They had a lot of different kinds of beliefs in those days. Any man pizza on board, he said, I'm here, sending you some Alabama weather. All right, handyman Pete, thank you. It's getting cloudy over here. Looks like rain. Send that up quick. Send up that Alabama wet. But we don't want the tornadoes. No, no, no. We don't want them. Send the sunshine. So Jesus told the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And yeah, you know, the, <laughs> the saying is true. God works in mysterious ways. So the man, the man he, he went away and he washed and he <clears throat> came back again. Oh, seeing. He was different. He was changed. I like that. Verse 8, Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously saw him, you know what happened? They saw him. He's the beggar. They were saying, Is not this the one who used to sit and beg? I mean, this guy had no life. He had no life, nowhere to go, nothing to do. Couldn't support himself. He couldn't see. He'd sit on the sidewalk and hold out a cup and hope and pray people would put coins in there so he could buy some food. Others were saying, this is he. Yeah, that's the one. Still others were saying, no, that's not him. But he looks like him. (laughs) I'm like, no, that's not him, but he looks like him. (laughs) They probably couldn't believe it was him, that's why. And, And the man kept saying, no, I'm the one. I really am. And they were, the people were saying to him, how then were your eyes open? What happened? Man, you've been blind since birth. How come today, all of a sudden, you can see? And then he answered, the man who was called Jesus, he made clay and anointed my eyes. And he said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went away and I washed and I received my sight. You know, it's amazing the wonderful things that happen when we do what the Lord says. It's also amazing the awful things that happen when we don't. You know, life is like one crossroads after another, filled with choices. Will I or won't I? Should I or shouldn't I? Do I or don't I? And it's always good. What would the Lord have me to do? How is God leading me? And how does God lead you? A couple of ways. Of course, through the Holy Spirit. But you know what the Holy Spirit uses? The Word of God. He uses the Word of God. So the more of God's Word is in your soul, the bigger the map. And the more the Spirit can lead you and guide you. So that's why we just want to read the Bible, learn the Bible. So I passed the mic. You had a good idea. Chapter in Luke every day, starting December 1st, 24 chapters. You'll finish on Christmas Eve. How many of you can do that? Can you take five minutes a day? Start off the morning and just read a chapter. Get your heart filled with the Word of God. And that way the Spirit 
can lead you. So this man came back. He was a different man. They said to him, oh, this man Jesus said that? Where is he? The man said, I don't know. <laughs> no, you would think that the man would be out looking for Jesus, right? After what he did for him. Okay. I got to go find him. I got to go find Jesus. I got to thank him for what he did for me. Are you kidding? But I wonder, he didn't know what Jesus looked like because he never saw him. But I guess he could have asked around, right? Could have asked around. So now the arguments begin. Why is it that when God does something, people always seem to argue over the good things that God does? Ever notice that? People argue about God. In verse 13, they brought to the Pharisees the man who was formerly blind. Now, you know the Pharisees, right? They didn't like Jesus. They were more into religion and ritual and the law. And Jesus came along and he was like upsetting the whole thing. You could say Jesus was going to drain the swamp, <laughs> if you don't mind that vernacular. So in verse 14, it was a Sabbath on the day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Oh, that's the problem right there. That was the problem. See, with the Pharisees, the Sabbath day, Saturday, you don't do anything. You don't farm. You don't go get water. You don't even help people. You don't heal people. No. And you know, Jesus did a lot of his miracles on Saturday. You know why? Because he liked to irk the Pharisees. Oh, yeah. He liked to mm, drive it right in there. Hey, look at this, Pharisees. What day is it? Saturday. Watch this. Stand up and walk. <laughs> they didn't like that. They'd rather see the law upheld than a life changed. Wow. That's where they were. They'd rather see the law upheld than a life. Even Jesus said, come on, if an ox falls in the pit on a Sabbath, aren't you going to pull him out? You're not going to let him stay there. You're going to pull him out. He's going to die. So why wouldn't you help your fellow man? That's the point Jesus was trying to make. Oh, well, then the Pharisees, were, the Pharisees also were asking him again how he received his sight. And so he said the same story to the Pharisees. He said, Jesus applied clay to my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Now, some of the Pharisees, they were saying, this man is not from God. You know why? Because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Huh. They didn't even care about the miracle. It didn't matter to them that Jesus did something that no one in the whole planet could do. What they cared about was the Sabbath. Because he violated the Sabbath, no way is he from God. Other people were saying, how can a man who was a sinner perform such signs? So they got it a little bit. They're like, oh, wait a minute. How can he do it? If this guy's a sinner, how, how did he perform that miracle? I don't know about that. And then there was a division among them. Here comes the argument. They're all divided. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. People are divided over who Christ is. Why is that? Isn't it something? You know, Jesus said it, didn't he? He said, I didn't come to bring peace on the earth. I came to bring a sword. He knew truth would divide people. Jesus knew that. He knew 
that truth divides because some people want it and some people don't. So in verse 17, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, oh, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. And the Jews then, they didn't believe it of him, that he'd been blind. They said, this guy was never blind to begin with. And that he received his sight. So you know what they did? They called his parents. They called his parents. And uh, they wanted to see if the parents would con- con- contest his healing. Was he really born blind? Figured, well, the parents, they're going to tell us the truth. Right? You know, what does doubting give you in comparison to faith? You know what it gives you? Nothing. Nothing. Doubting God does not do anything for your walk and for your life. It does absolutely nothing. But yet there are many people they'd rather doubt than believe. So they question the parents. Is this your son? You say he was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered and said, Well, we know that he's our son, and we know that he was born blind, but how he sees, we don't know. We don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. (laughs) He can speak for himself. (laughs) I love that. Ask him. He's not a kid. He'll tell you what happened. What are you asking us for? And why did his parents say that? I'll tell you why. They weren't noble people. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed, "Uh uh-oh, that if anyone confessed Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Wow! That if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, we're going to kick you out of church. Holy smokes! Isn't church about pointing people to Christ? Well, not this church. Not these guys. Doreen said, even when we do good, some people find fault. It's true. What's that saying? A good deed never goes unpunished. (laughs) It's true. It's true. But we do them anyway, don't we? Do the good deeds anyway. Why? God sees. So the parents, they were afraid of being kicked out of church, so they didn't want to push the issue. See, again, religion. Oh, religion has a very powerful hold on people. I'll bet some of you know people like that. They're so afraid of their religion. Their son was a walking walking miracle. But yet, it shows the power that religion had over the people. It's powerful. You know, there are people in religions, they might not even participate in the religion, but they'll never leave it. And they're not going to seek truth. They'd, they'd rather have their religion than Christ. Because that's the power of religion. That's oh, powerful. It's got people in handcuffs. It's got people in bondage. So, because they were afraid of the Jews, the parents said, he's of age. Ask him. 
So a second time they called a man who was blind. And they said to him, Give glory to God. In other words, tell the truth. We know that this man is a sinner, talking about Jesus. And he then answered, Well, whether he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. That's all I know. I don't know much about Jesus, but I know what he did for me. Wow, what a beautiful testimony. That could be anybody's testimony. I don't know much about Jesus, but I know what he did for me. See, learning about Christ is a process. But knowing what he did for you, oh, that's instantaneous. That's instant. It's true. When you meet Jesus, things change. They do. For people that have truly met Christ, things in their lives have changed. And yet there are some, they think they met Christ, but there's never been a change in their life. What does that mean? Probably didn't really meet him, heard about him, but didn't meet him. Paula said, they didn't understand the difference between relationship versus religion. True, isn't it? What what were some of the things that Jesus said? Come unto me, you that are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Oh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I'll give you rest for your souls. Come to me. Come to me, though your sins are a scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. Let's sit down and reason together. Oh, how often God invites people into a relationship with him. So in verse 26, they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I I wish I was like watching this scene. I told you already. (laughs) He's not afraid of these guys. He said, I told you already. And you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? (laughs) Right? I already told you once. You didn't listen to me. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become one of his disciples, do you? Oh, that really got him. Well, that got him. They reviled him. And they said, you are his disciple. Oh, we are disciples of Moses. We follow Moses. You know why? They're under the law. Followers of Jesus, here it comes, are free. Free from the law. That's why you want to follow the Lord. You want to be free from the law. Verse 20, or verse 29, we know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we don't know where he's from. Well, wait a minute. Didn't they just see the miracle? That's the whole point of the miracle. To demonstrate who Jesus is, where where he's from, and that he has the power to heal and to forgive sin and to offer salvation. That only God can do that. The man answered and said to them, Well, here's an amazing thing, that you don't know where he is from, and yet, he opened my eyes. I think the guy is saying, like, only God can do this. We know that God does not hear sinners, they said, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, and has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. This guy is testifying that Jesus is truly unique. Jesus could be God. 
He's done something no one else could ever do. If this man were not from God, he said, he could do nothing. He couldn't do anything. Paula said his heart was filled with joy because of his healing and thankfulness. See, that's the beautiful thing about recognizing God working in your life. Eyes off self, eyes on God. And you'll be very thankful because you'll see God working in your life. In verse 34, they answered him, they said, You were born entirely in sins, and you're teaching us. They're pulling rank. They're pulling rank on this guy. So you know what they did? They put him out. Wow. They punished the guy that was touched by Jesus. You know what they have? Stubborn hearts. You know, stubborn hearts never find forgiveness. You can be a nice person. You can be a generous person. You can be a helpful person. But if you've got a stubborn heart, you'll never find forgiveness. God called the ancient, the ancient Jews stiff-necked people. That was the judicial blindness. They were stiff-necked. They were stubborn. They didn't get it. Jesus heard that they put him out. Finding him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and he is the one who's talking with you. He said, Oh, Lord, I believe. I believe. And he worshiped. Wow. And then Jesus gave the clincher. He said, For judgment I came into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. See, it's all about opening up the heart. The Pharisees asked Jesus if they were blind too. And Jesus said, If you knew that you were blind, then you would find forgiveness. But you say you can see. So your sin remains. Wow. See, we have to have a humble introspection of ourselves and, and recognize that, yeah, recognize that we need forgiveness and we need a Savior. And if you recognize that, you will find forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Hey, join us tonight, 7 o'clock. We're going to continue with this, and we're going to talk about spiritual blindness, how you get it, how to be free from it. 7 o'clock, newhopecc.tv, Facebook, YouTube. Join the chat. Hope to see everybody online tonight or in church here at New Hope, okay? Have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow for more.